Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to FIFA Play On Podcast. I'm Alvaro Soler. And have we got a show in store for you today? We've got a backstage interview with one of my favorite rappers of all time, another trip around the world with Australian Socceroos legend, and another truly epic versus battle where my co-host Annie and I try to decipher whether the name Annika Mirage belongs to a footballer or a musician. All will be revealed in due course. Well, that's enough for me for now. Let's get into our interview segment and find out who we're talking to this week. What's up, everyone? And welcome to Backstage, the part of the show where we talk about music and maybe a little bit of soccer with an esteemed musician. Our guest today is Real Hip Hop Royalty. It's Chris Bridges, a.k.a. Ludacris, from the ATL. Chris was born in Illinois, but moved to Georgia when he was a kid. He's released nine studio albums, starred in and soundtracked Hollywood films, voice computer games, and is now releasing his own children's animated series called Karma's World. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a real pleasure and an honor to have you on FIFA Play On. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys for having me, man. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> I <have fun. laughs> cool, man. <laughs> Oh man, and we're super excited to talk to you about you know you, how you started in in music. And my first question was kind of take us back to to College Park. You know, the first time you started rapping. You know, was it a schoolyard thing? How how can we imagine that? That's actually a good question, man. I've been rapping since I was nine years old. I made up a song and I just wanted to rhyme the word, so I had to kind of exaggerate a little bit. And my first song was called "I'm Cool, I'm Bad, I Might Be Ten, But I Can't Survive Without My Girlfriend." But I was actually nine years old. Nice. Had to rhyme with girlfriend, so I lied and said I was ten. So that's how long I've been rapping, man. And yes, the, when I knew I had something was, you know, I'd go to school and I would say little verses that I actually wrote the night before, and all the friends would always be like, "We want to hear more. We want to hear more." And that's when I felt like I must be on to something, man. So I kept at it. And the audience grew larger and larger, and the rest is history. That's the good lines <laughs> I should have dropped when I was a kid. <laughs> There you go. And for me, you know, the 90s and the 2000s, I lived in Atlanta, and you were very much a legend in Atlanta with the golden age of hip-hop. Artists like yourself, Outkast, Clips, Usher, Missy Elliott, productions by Timberland and the Neptunes. It really changed hip-hop and the power balance. How was it to be part of that? Yeah. In retrospect, there's no words that can explain how great it feels because, you know, I'm grateful for the ones that came before me that paved the way for me. And I'm also grateful for those that have come after me that tell me that, you know, I was an influence or inspiration on them. Mm. So I just feel like it was an integral time period, you know, that I'm a part of. It's part of the history. Like you said, this is the hip hop history book. So it feels great to be a part of that. Amazing. And and in your time, who were you listening to when you were in the schoolyard, you know, doing those little verses and stuff? Who did you get the inspiration from or how was rapping such a natural thing for you? Like Outkast that was a really big influence on me because they, you know, they were from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And they kind of broke the music scene wide and had a phenomenal albums and great critical acclaim. And that just opened the, the field wide open. Of course, I was fans of, of, of just hip hop in general. So LL Cool J, I love, mm -hmm. uh, of course, the Dr. Dre and the, the entire West Coast movement with Snoop Dogg. And then you had Notorious B.I.G. and Jay-Z. So I loved everything, but I would say most influential is going to definitely be You know, those outcast boys, man, and Goody Mob and that whole organized noise movement. I love Outcast. I mean, it's one of my favorite bands also. It's, yeah. it's under 3,000. I miss them. <laughs> I and then, you know, something great happened. And your, your track, Act a Fool, was uh, featured, you know, as a soundtrack on the Too Fast to Furious movie of the whole Fast to Furious franchise. And I have to say, 
I'm I'm the biggest fan of Fast and Furious. I actually was living in Japan when I was a kid, and and then when the movie Tokyo Drift came out, you know, I, I was kind of feeling the whole thing again. So, how did you come to act? Like, how is it uh, that you know, from music, it's very natural. You know, sometimes entertainment. Um, you know, I know a lot of friends who are musicians also went to acting and stuff. But how did how was the step? You know, I was doing a bunch of music videos and they were very unique. And John Singleton, may he rest in peace, who's responsible for putting people like, you know, Tyrese and Baby Boy and Ice Cube and Boys in the Hood. Mm, yeah. Um, so this guy, he took people from the music industry and he noticed something in them and then put them in certain movies. So he asked me to try out for Too Fast, Too Furious. And I tried it out. And that's how the whole acting thing began, man. Just based off someone seeing something in me from the music videos that I shot, because it is a form of acting. But that's how it all started. And I know another I know another passion of yours, Chris, is soccer. I'm gonna call it soccer. I call it football. So yeah. you know, we're not gonna do that whole American English misunderstanding thing. We're gonna call it soccer. But for me as a as a former female football player, the US has really pushed the women's game over the past thirty years or so and, and the men's game in the US is catching up. First of all, what, who's your team? Do you have a team? You know, my team, man, I'm all Atlanta, so it has to be Atlanta United. And, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, over the last few years, we just got this soccer team, uh, football team, and I, I've gained a whole new appreciation for it. I always liked it, but I was never fully kind of divulged into it and kind of learning the sport, you know, as much as a lot of other people do. So I can honestly say I'm I'm more new to it and I and I love it so much. My wife is actually from Gabon, Africa, mm. and you know, it's huge in Africa as well. She speaks French. Mm. So, you know, a lot of my my sisters-in-laws and, and things of that nature, we, it's just one of those processes where, you know, I may not have loved it my whole life, but I'm starting to love it now and I'm starting to appreciate it more, especially as you travel worldwide and you realize it's the biggest sport in the entire world and what the hell was I doing? <laughs> not paying that much attention to it my whole life but yeah I'm 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 a I'm kind of an amateur but I'm getting there but Atlanta United is my team and you know any any insight you guys want to give that will continue to further my education I'm all ears and all for it because I'm loving it now oh yeah and he's an expert in that <laughs> I think any can help <laughs> well, as you as I said I, I played in Atlanta professionally for a year for the women's franchise in the previous league and um, I actually got to know the Atlanta United guys who, who were setting up the club. So I would definitely encourage you to go to live games. I mean, that stadium, Chris, is just amazing. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell you that's what I'm saying. We've already we've already gone to live games, and it's crazy because it's one thing to watch it on television. Like to me, I'm gonna be honest. If you watch baseball, like you know, American baseball on television, is boring as hell. <laughs> but if you go to the game in person, it's extremely exciting. I feel like watching football slash soccer on television is exciting, but it's out of this world exciting. If, if you're, you're there alive, right. And so 100%. I have attended the games. That's why I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm starting to love it so much, man. It's getting dangerous. Who, who would believe that, you know, one day soon I might love soccer more than I love uh, basketball or football, which anybody who's from Ooh. America might try to slap the hell out of me for saying we, that. We, we got you on record no. saying that now. We got, <laughs> we got you recorded saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a crazy question for you. It, this comes from a soccer background. It's a, do you know what a, what a five-a-side means? Yeah. I wanted to do like a parallel to music with that. So you will be the leader of those five. Um, you will be the, you know, you would need four more guys. Okay. So if you would have to take and pick four other guys, rappers, MCs, you know, for your perfect team to take to a, a rap-based hip-hop tournament, you know? Yeah. Then who would you take? <laughs> yeah, I would probably say Andre 3000, uh, 
Jay Z. I don't know if we can count Biggie and Tupac. I don't. Are we? Can we count those? Yeah, we can. Well, there you have it. That's four. <laughs> there you go. That's an amazing team. And who's the fifth? Are you the fifth? I am the fifth for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's some team. Thank you. Okay, well, let's dip into the, your new project, Chris. You've got an animated series. I know it's named after your daughter called Karma's World, yes. um, which is amazing. Tell us tell us more about that. We're excited to hear more about that. Yeah, so basically my daughter, um, my oldest daughter now, when she was young, she used to come into my studio, barge in and interrupt me while I was recording my albums <laughs> all the time and say, Daddy, I want to rap too. I want to rap too. Aww. And it got to the point where she she would come in there so many times that I had to sit her down and have a conversation. I'm like, if you want to do music, Daddy talks about what goes on in his life and his world. And you have to talk about what goes on in your world, which is really just about, you know, what young girls go through. It's more about, you know, their education, learning morals, uh, of course, having fun, but also about self-confidence and and understanding that you're only human and you're going to go through certain things and how to overcome adversities. And so from there, birthed this idea of making this music and all about children. And it occurred to me that there's nothing music-wise that can compete against what's on the, like the p- top billboard charts when it comes to music's children's music. And so we built this entire world and we have this phenomenal animation and it's all kind of inspired by my oldest daughter for all young girls, all children, wow. you know, to try to boost their self-confidence because every single episode has a lesson and has a theme and it has phenomenal music and it has phenomenal characters. And it's all about, you know, the the new generation just, trying to uplift them. So I could talk on and on about it, but yeah. worldwide, 191 countries, 21 different languages. Wow. So I couldn't be happier because this has been over a decade in the making. Hi, my name's Karma, and I'd like to say I'm a future and I'm a change the world one day. I'm from Hansberry Heights, that's where I stay. And I love to make music every day. Don't mind my little brother, he gets on my nerves. His inventions are amazing, some are absurd. the fact that you're um you're thinking about the confidence and self-esteem of the next generation of young women like you know that's amazing and it, it sounds like a pretty inspired project so yeah just in case you guys don't know i i am I, not only do i have the daughter that inspired this karma's world on on uh, netflix but i have three other daughters wow i have four daughters <laughs> oh my god so i have no sons <laughs> so in terms of like you know me caring about young girls right it's inevitable. Like I have become this person. I've become this father that just wants to uplift my daughters. And that made it to where I want to uplift all daughters around the entire world. That's amazing. That is really crazy, man. Like at four daughters. That's why I work out so damn much, man. I work out like crazy. I need to balance the testosterone to estrogen levels <laughs> that are inside my household. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I can tell. I totally get it. And there was one thing before we continue. I just wanted to, because I, I checked out some of the, some of the new stuff and I, I stumbled upon an incredible video where you um kind of it's I think it's a commercial, but you you kind you're in the studio and then you put peanut butter in your mouth and then suddenly you start rapping with peanut butter in your mouth. Yeah. And it and it sounds like you know all this kind of kind of more neo modern rap kind of thing, you know. And I was of course it's a joke on the video, but I think it's there's a lot of truth to that as well. And I was just wondering what is your opinion on future of of rap music? I love the uh, future of rap music. I love how it continues to evolve and it continues to change. And I'm 
I'm such a fan of it, man, because it's just no limitations of where it can go. If you think, you know, a couple of decades ago, people were saying that hip hop was just a fad and it, it was only going to be around for a mm-hmm. little while. And now it's it's the most popular music in the world. And that was a Jif peanut butter commercial. If anybody knows anything about me, I eat peanut butter like every day. It's that one thing that I can eat and I never get tired of. <laughs> Crazy. And if obviously my whole career, I kind of accentuate and exaggerate. And that's why ludicrous is beyond crazy, ridiculous. So yeah. mm-hmm. me eating the peanut butter and just having fun with people as if you're trying to rap with peanut butter in your mouth and you might not ever be able to understand the words. People always say that I am kind of like when I when I rap. I'm one of the people that they can understand every word. So it's funny to see the other side, complete other side where you can't understand every word. And that's all it was. It was just having fun. And then, my, you know, Gunner was in the commercial as well. And he's part of the new generation. And we actually, you know, we have a good relationship. We're really cool. And we learn from one another. So it was just fun. Yeah. yeah, And and I think that's what I love about it, because in the end, you're you're using a lot of comedy in your videos and all your music, you know, and, and it makes a lot of sense. To combine those, it's yeah. it's a very nice way, you know, to to laugh about stuff and, and you know don't get too serious about anything, you know. Thank you, thank you, sir. So um, <laughs> let's continue to the next part, man. The next part is is going to be a, a fun quick fire section, and we're gonna go okay. from past to future. Um, so let's start at the beginning. The first one, and this is only going to be the first thing that comes into your mind. Um, so the first one is, what's your first musical memory? Man, that's a good question. Like LL Cool J. I used to know the words to that song, I'm Bad, when I was in like fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And so he's definitely one of the people that made me want to start rapping. And shout out to LL Cool J. He just got a star on Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow. And, you know, he's done so many things. He has a television show. Um, you know, so he's one of the pioneers, in my opinion. He was the first person signed to Def Jam Records, which my whole catalog is at Def Jam. So that, that that's also something that's very wow. unique and good to know. Good answer. LL Cool J it is. So this next one is, what was the first record you bought? Probably LL Cool J. I'm bad. I didn't really buy it. <laughs> Probably. My, my, my dad bought it for me, but the first record I bought, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style album. Nice. <laughs> and who was your first musical hero? I'd probably say Notorious B.I.G. Uh, or Tupac. Like, you know, it's hard to pick between those two, mm. but I would love to say Tupac just because He's probably the most impactful rapper, in my opinion. Of all time. The way that he impacted the world with with everything that he was about, it just, it continues to send waves till this day through the music industry and through the world. So to me, that's a hell of an impact. Even when you're gone and people are still talking about you, you still have unreleased music. Mm. You know, he's just one of those people that's just absolutely amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, what a legend. Bringing it to present day, what is your pre-gig ritual? Is there something that you do before every single performance? You mean besides eating peanut butter? Um, Yeah. (laughs) It might be that. It might be that. Man, I kind of just am with my team and we just pray and thank God for the opportunity of having the absolute best job in the world where you have the most freedom, Mm. where you're getting paid for an audience to say your words. So it's basically like they should actually be getting paid. They're the ones paying money. For me to hold a microphone out to them to say yeah. the words that I've written, it's the absolute best job in the world. It's the most sought after job. Everyone is the most dream job. I work with actors. I'm in the Fast and yeah. Furious franchise. Even though some of them make more money than we do, they still want to be entertainer rappers. Like they want to make music. <laughs> so music is like the most free um, art form in terms of having an occupation, I feel like, in the entire world. I couldn't be happier to have you know lived in the music space and the movie space and satisfy both of those curiosities. I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the entire world. 
And I use all of that to put into this Karma's World Netflix, all of the successes and failures. That's why I feel like this is going to be so successful. I love that humble approach. Yeah, that positivity right there, Chris, that um, gratitude, I think is what we all need on a daily basis. So you're putting a lot of good karma into the world. That's that's, that's the word, good karma. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the greatest person you've met thanks to music? Um, man, I, you know, I love Jay-Z, man. I would say Jay-Z, obviously he's such a great businessman, you know, him becoming a billionaire. I just think he's very strategic. He's one of those people that's a visionary. He's able to, he's a goal setter and he's accomplished his goals. He's breaking barriers. I would say Jay-Z is a, is a modern hero and he can, he's not even done. Like he continues to do, um, phenomenal things and break barriers. So, you know, he's, he's doing it for all of us. For sure. For sure. It's so inspirational. Yeah. And the last one, do you have a musical highlight for this year? Yeah, I mean, I hate to bring it back around, but <laughs> Karma's World album. <laughs> so the music that yes. goes along with the episode. So it's just going to be able to stream on all platforms. We're going to have videos. Hey, man, you asking me an honest question. I'm giving you an honest answer. We're going to blow the world away. So. Just know his name. Sure. It sounds so amazing. Now we're going to the future questions. This is always a question I get asked at interviews. Um, you know, as a musician, it's kind of a question you always get asked. I don't know why, but everyone asks, where can you see yourself in 10 years? And I'm, I'm excited to see what you say. Oh, I'll be a billionaire in 10 years without question. 100%. Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Billionaire with, with billion dollar companies, maybe maybe even trillion dollar companies. We're talking 10 years from now. And, and can you see yourself doing like something other than, than music? I mean, of course, you've done filmings. Uh, I mean, filming, I mean, uh, movies. And, and now you're producing a, a whole animated film. Man, to be honest, I don't know what I've left on the table, bro. I've literally done hosting. I've done acting. I've done rapping. I've done... Um, you know, obviously philanthropy. And when it comes to all forms of entertainment, I, I'm now I'm a creator, like you said, and an executive producer. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to stay in the realm of all the things that I've already done. Maybe put out a book one day to try to give a lot of game and inspiration to people on how I'm able to be successful so that they can be just as successful or more. That's the only thing I could think of, you know, putting out a phenomenal book one day that will be another gift to the world thank you thank you so much but thank you so much for this i appreciate the time it was a pleasure talking to you yeah, man. and i hope to be back on and next time i'm on i'm gonna have some extreme knowledge about everything world cup <laughs> soccer everything but appreciate it's you guys good. so much man thanks thank man you, okay. Chris. thank you What a guy. I know it's designed for kids, but if it's got new ludicrous music in it, I'm gonna have to watch a little bit of Karma's World myself. Anyway, on to the World Cup. This time next year, we'll be in the thick of it. So the FIFA World Cup is getting so close that we can start ticking off the days on the calendar. It's safe to say the excitement is really starting to build. The main qualifiers are almost over now, and many of the best teams in the world have already secured their places in Qatar. On that opening day of the FIFA World Cup, the host will be in action, but we don't know who will be playing until the draw for the finals in April next year. One thing is for sure though, it's going to start with a bang. There are four matches on the very first day and there will be 60 more before we find out who will be the next world champion. It's the first in the Middle East and it's going to be great for the football world to come together after the difficult couple of years everyone's had. Bring it on! And talking of World Cups, let's take a trip over to Australia for the Around the World section to hear from the guest who has played at a few himself. Hey, this is the section on the podcast we call Around the World. 
We go back in time to explore one person's FIFA World Cup memories and hear a few stories of what made that World Cup extra special to them. This week, we're chatting to Tim Cahill about some of his best moments in front of goal at the FIFA World Cup. For me, the best World Cup memory has to be my first ever World Cup as a player. 2006, Germany. Uh, we hadn't qualified in 32 years. To actually get to a World Cup, you're just happy being there as a player, sitting on the bench. And part of that story was night before I was starting and then the morning of, tactical change. Chris Hitting says to me, Tim, I'm starting you off the bench. Down 1-0 to Japan, I come on. The manager's telling me what to do. I wasn't listening because I was so in the zone. And I come on and I scored the first ever goal for Australia. Lucas Neal threw the ball in. Long one from Neal and Kawaguchi doesn't get to this. Bobbled about. I think Harry Kuehl swiped at it. And then I just lashed away at it, went through three players' legs and the goalkeeper. So the name is Tim Cahill. And I went and punched the corner flag. I was going hysterical, but I didn't know at the time it was the first ever goal for Australia in the World Cup. It wasn't till later, but soon after that first goal was the second goal. Um, and I think this goal was even better. Australia really going for it now. come off of both posts and rattled the net. The hour, the man for Australia. And this is what the game's all about. Played and trained your whole life, minutes, seconds, hours, months, weeks, years, for those moments. So that has to be the most special occasion uh, in my life uh, as a World Cup player. But Tim didn't stop bagging screamers at his first World Cup. He went on to score five goals across the four World Cups he played in. We asked him which of those goals was his pick of the bunch. He took us forward a few years to 2014 and the World Cup in Brazil. It have to be the volley against Netherlands. But Australia looking for a quick comeback. They've got it! Tim Cahill! Astonishing! It's funny because I remember at New York Red Bulls with, with um, Thierry Henry, he always used to get angry at me for lashing at balls and smashing balls and striking. And I always have this perception in my head about hitting Rosette or hitting the back of the net. Pass, Sillison! And in off the underside of the bar. When you're in those big moments, the difference to being good and great is taking the opportunity. And on those stages, when that ball come over my shoulder, there was nothing else really I could do, but I definitely wouldn't say it's a fluke. If I had to recreate it, I could do it, even now. What it did to the fans, what it did for Australia, it was just an amazing moment, but it was more the poetry of the, the strike and the technique. And so, yeah, when you talk about World Cups, that is pretty special because, you know, you, you go to a World Cup just to play in it and be a part of it. Then after, when you play in one, you don't want to be a passenger. And that was my mindset. And what a goal that was. A proper dream come true strike. You can only imagine the feeling. But as Tim tells us here, it's not until you finish your career and look back that it all starts to really sink in. It's so amazing because you don't realise till you retire what you've actually done. And that's now I get to look back at the World Cups and watch my goals. And there's so many great occasions because when you score in World Cups, I was lucky enough to do it five times. That's why you play the game. And that's why now I'm blessed. I'm blessed to, to look back at it and appreciate that I had an okay career.
Wow, what a legend. I've just been watching that volley on FIFA's YouTube channel. Impeccable technique. Now let's jump into our final section of the podcast to find out whether it's any or myself that has the most impeccable technique. Okay, this is Versus. This is a section of our show where my co-host and I go head to head. We're setting a different challenge every week and just like in any football matchup, the winner takes three points, it's one for a draw and the loser gets a big fat zero. We're going to add up at the end of each challenge to see how we're doing and see who will be crowned the eventual FIFA Play On podcast versus champion. So Alvaro, what do we have this week? Well, I hope this week you're a bit nervous because it's my time to get points. So um, <laughs> this week we have footballer or musician. So I'm going to give you a name. And we're going to have to guess if it's a footballer or a musician. I don't think this is my strongest point. No. Guessing names. Tough for both of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Are you ready for the first question? Do you want to start? Okay. Your first name is Onika Mirage. Is Onika Mirage a Fijian centre forward with 18 international caps to her name? Or is Anika Mirage the given name of multi-platinum selling rapper Nicki Mirage? Anika Mirage, a footballer or a musician? Oh my God. <laughs> This is really crazy. <laughs> This is really like, at the beginning, I was like, it's gonna be this footballer, you know? It's gonna be footballer. But then when you said Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Anika Mirage, that totally makes sense. It does. It opened up a door for me. Hmm. I, think it's, I think it's Nicki Minaj's name. That is correct. Yes. Anika Mirage Woo! is a musician. <laughs> <laughs> And it is indeed the real life name of the amazing Nicki Minaj. That's so good. Who, by the way, actually has like lots of alter egos. So it's kind of an interesting question yeah. about her actual true identity. But that's crazy. So she's obviously taken her stage name from her. Is it like backwards? Okay, you're right. <laughs> Let's continue. Next question. <laughs> so the name I'm giving you is Serge Tankian. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm sorry for the name. Is Serge Tankian an Armenian central midfielder who started his career with Italian club Genoa in the early 2000s? Or is Serge Tankian the lead singer and chief songwriter in California metal outfit system of a down? Serge Tankian, footballer or musician? Oh my God, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Armenian center forward or, or singer... I mean, I can't say I've ever Do you know where it. System of a Down is from? No. No, I, I, I'm assuming it's like a rock band or something. Yes. It's like, wake up. You know the song? No, I have no idea. Wake up. You want to. You want. You don't know that song? No, and it doesn't sound that appealing the way you're thinking. No, it's like, then it's like, and we don't think we trust. Dun, dun, when angels deserve to die it goes like that okay yeah. you don't know that song okay that's intense um i'm gonna go with with rock band singer system of a down i'm gonna go with that okay the correct answer is serge tankian is a musician and he is the lead singer yes. of system of a down yes i mean Woo. that was just a guess so that was just luck Yeah, even with luck, you always get it. That's crazy. I mean, there's there's the only Armenian footballer I know is Mikatarian, who plays for Manchester United and um, Arsenal. So yeah, but there's not many of them. So I just hazarded a guess. Good guess, though. You have a good uh, gut feeling here. So Alvaro, your next name is Vaughn Coveney. 
is Vaughan Coveney, the drummer in emo pop group Fallout Boy. What a band. Oh. Great band. Yeah. Or is Vaughan Coveney the all-time top scorer for New Zealand international men's football team? Vaughan Coveney, footballer or musician? Oh, Vaughan Coveney. That sounds like a New Zealand name, huh? Does it? <laughs> I mean... I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I think I have to guess on this one. Fallout Boy, I, I know Fallout Boy. But I'm going to say footballer in New Zealand. That is correct. Yes. Vaughan Coveney. Let's go, Vaughan. He's a, he's a Kiwi. <laughs> I love it. Vaughan Coveney bagged 28 goals for New Zealand between 1992 and 2006. Big up, Vaughan Coveney. All right. So, Winnie, you ready for this question? I love this game, by the way. This is uh, one of my favorite games. Yes. Julia Helena Henriksen. Is Julia Helena Henriksen a pioneering Danish tech house DJ? Or is Julia Helena Henriksen a 20-year-old midfielder from Faroe Islands? I'm going to call her JHH. Is she a footballer or a musician? Julia Helena Henriksen. You said Danish? Yes. Tech house? Danish tech house DJ or from the Faroe Islands? I mean, I hear Faroe Islands has a lot of Scandinavian influence. <laughs> you can't... This should... Referee... Excuse me, referee. This should be not allowed. <laughs> these, these planting of seeds in my head. The Faroe Islands has Scandinavian influence. Okay, I don't know whether that's true or not either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tech House DJ. So the correct answer is may Scandinavian roots have gone to Faroe Islands or not? Julia Henina Henriksen is a footballer. She made appearances for the national team at under 19, and who knows, she may go on to be one of football's all-time greats. Oh, I'm so sorry, Annie. Well... Uh, but I, I feel, you know, this is my breakthrough. I'm, I'm seeing the light in this tournament. I feel like you cheated on that one, or you got, you got like, you got in my head on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the final name that you have to consider yeah. is Dennis Coles. Is Dennis Coles one half of a towering central defensive partnership that made English club team Preston North End league champions in 1889 and 1890? Or is Dennis Coles the birth name of founding member of the Wu-Tang Clan, Ghostface Killer, Dennis Coles, footballer or musician? I have a gut feeling, but I have no way of explaining this. Like, this is just a gut feeling I, it doesn't make any sense at all but Dennis Cole sounds pretty to me it sounds more Wu-Tang Clan-ish than any English football thing why? it's like I don't know Chris Bridges Ludacris Dennis Cole's <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan it makes <laughs> but I'm gonna go with musician yeah I have uh, a good feeling you are on fire yes this round yes. the answer is musician Iron Man, Pretty Tony, Ghost Deanie, Ghostface Killer has many names, but the one he got when he was born was indeed Dennis Coles. I feel like I've been tricked yeah. this whole round. I think, you know, I think uh, that's how I felt the last two rounds. So it's, it's okay. So your final name is Alban Berg. Is Alban Berg the father of Norwegian international Henning Berg, who himself made over 100 appearances for Lilstrom SK? Or is Alban Berg an experimental 12-tone modernist Austrian composer? In this case, his name would be Alban Berg in a German accent. Alban Berg, footballer or musician? It's very specific, 12-ton. Okay. It's very specific, yeah, 12-ton. A tone of 12-ton. Um, <laughs> well, not 12-ton. Is, is, that, is, that, 
Is that his weight? <laughs> just like what? No, he's not twelve ton. Yeah, he's he's a twelve tone. He uses twelve. T- oh. I, I have no idea. Oh. Actually, oh. I have no idea what experimental twelve tone modernist Austrian composer means. I mean, that doesn't help me at all. But um, yeah, no, I I have no idea. Do you know? Have you? Do you know Henning Berg personally? Do you know if he has Austrian no. roots or he has? I don't- He's he's Norwegian. Yeah, Berg is a is a you know Berg means mountain in German and in Austrian as well. Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the twelve ton guy. Twelve tone, twelve tone modernist <laughs> Austrian composer. Yes, so I'm saying the twelve ton musician. All right, all right. Um, Annie, congratulations. Yes. Alban Berg is a musician or a composer to I be mean, more specific, at least. But yeah, that was so hard. It was really hard. I had no idea, really. Congratulations. We have three, two. That means I get my first three points and you're not that far away anymore. So we're at six, three now. And uh, that's been an exciting game. Now it's now it's starting to be fun. Congratulations. Cool. So that was it for this week's versus a very exciting one, I have to say. And it was pretty tight. So see you next week for the next challenge. So that's it for another episode of FIFA Play On Podcast. What an episode. Hope you all had as much fun listening as we had making it. Make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice to be the first to hear new episodes. Don't forget to follow me, Alvaro and FIFA on the socials. You might get to play along with some of our versus challenges as well as getting bits of video bonus content and a sneak peek behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week and we'll see you back here same time, same place next week. See you soon.